Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the plague. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Good morning. It's Monday, February 24th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Trey Scott. Go ahead and give yourself a round of applause because you made it. It's late February, and we have entered NFL Scouting Combine Week. All 337 invites former college football players descend upon Indianapolis as they try to impress all 32 NFL teams and try to get drafted as high as possible. And there's four components for the NFL scouting combine, right? Medical evaluation. So if you're Tua Tungo-Vailoa, this is the one you want to ace. There's interviews. That's obvious and self-explanatory. And then there's athletic testing and positional workouts. The, the workouts begin Thursday. The athletic testing and positional workouts, those are, those are the ones we like to watch, right? And, and this year, the NFL is going to have those aired in, on, on primetime, in the afternoon and the evening rather than during work hours because the combine is now turning into the spectacle that the draft has turned into over the last few years. And this is the time of the year where it's kind of fun to watch this because if you're a college football fan, you look up on the screen on NFL Network and you can see the logo. Oh, Oh, this guy? Yeah, I remember him. USC. Oh, LSU. Yep. Yeah, Joe Burrow, obviously. Oh, cool. South Carolina. Oh, Clemson. So you kind of have this tie-in where, yeah, maybe you you didn't watch all 12 games of the Texas Tech Red Raiders, but you're still kind of interested, right? Because these guys are still, for now, more connected to college football than they could be connected to any NFL teams because they haven't been drafted yet. And so when I was talking to Charles Power, who covers recruiting for us at 24-7 Sports, but is also a national voice and is a football brainiac, when I was talking to Charles about content we wanted to do this week for him, that's content that would be right in his wheelhouse, we discussed, let's, let's come up with a list of names, household or not, who the NFL scouting community is going to be going nuts over by the time workouts are over on Saturday. So we, we, he, Charles came up with a list, and, and to college football fans, I think most of these guys will be familiar, and it's gonna, we're going to have him on right now, and he's going to talk about why some of these guys, such as a Henry Ruggs, are about to maybe skyrocket from a late first-round pick to a, to a mid-first-round pick, if that's the case, or you know, I don't want to put words in Charles' mouth, but we're going we're gonna to go down the list of a few of these college football guys who could have the freakiest performances this week and, and give you something to watch. So let's get to the interview. Charles, I'm going to start with a question I think everyone's talking about this week. Chances Alabama receiver Henry Ruggs breaks John Ross's combine record of a 4.22 40-yard dash. Do not think that's a, uh, a great chance of that happening, although there is a, I think there's a, a very good chance we could see Ruggs in the, maybe in the 4-2s. Uh, I think probably maybe worst-case scenario for him would be, you know, low to mid 4-3s. But if we looked up... Uh, you know, whenever he runs and and saw that he can hit a maybe like a four two eight or something like that, I would not be surprised at all. Um, but a four two two, if you go back and watch the John Ross 
four two two, he basically runs like the perfect forty. Uh, I don't I it, and that Chris Johnson record stood forever. The 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 four two four. So I would be very surprised if someone runs uh, breaks the John Ross record. Although I, I do expect Rugs to set the combine on fire with his forty time. And do you think Rugs will have the, the combine's fastest forty? Uh, th- there's there's a lot of very athletic guys in, in this. I, I think if you were if you were taking um, the odds, you would maybe go like Rugs versus the field. Um, I might maybe lean the field just because there's so many good athletes, but I think he's the best bet to have the fastest 40. Uh, but I'm just going through this combine list. I mean, there's a ton of really fast DBs, and, and it's it's a it's a deep group at, at receiver too, kind of a historically deep group at receiver. Um, so I think b- between those two positions, we're going to have, a, I think, a lot of guys in the four threes and maybe some in the four twos. Yeah, so stick on rugs, and then we'll move along to the receivers. You've kind of got in your story – we're asking, will he be the first Bama player to break a 40-inch vertical? And then you point out the fact that he scored a touchdown on essentially one one in every four receptions right. last year or yeah. in his career. Yeah, and, and I, I think the thing with Ruggs, too, is is he's a he's a guy who was highly athletic coming out of high school. Um, you know, was a state champion, uh, hundred meter dash guy that ran ran into ten fives, which is pretty remarkable when you consider he was a three sport athlete and wasn't one with a extensive track background. He was, if you watch the videos, he was just kind of going out there, just lining up on the blocks and, and and taking off. It wasn't like he had been really like coached up in track. He's just hyper hyper athletic. He was a number one receiver uh, prospect in the country for a reason. And you go watch him play basketball. His dunk reel. Um, you know, as, as a high school basketball player is about as good as you'll see. And then it, that, that crossed over at Alabama, you know, if, if you, he was like a threat to score literally every, almost every time he touched the ball. And I, I think he is one that everybody's pretty familiar with him now, but I think he like, once the kind of nation sees him in this type of combine setting, uh, he'll, he'll kind of, I, th- I expect him to be the, the the talk of the week if not at the very top of, of the topics people are talking about and I, I know like for instance you know when, when scouts come through Alabama sometimes and when they go to these other schools they'll they can do they call it like pro timing days or whatever and some of the juniors will go out there and run and I know he's run for scouts before and you know the the response has been uh pretty impressive and I, I think everybody's like looking for, everybody's kind of in the NFL community is looking forward to seeing seeing how he runs uh this week the chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You got another guy, TCU's Jalen Rager. Uh, wh- what do you expect from him? You, you have a lot in this story uh, as far as like a few things here, a few things there to kind of put together uh, a solid picture that might result in, in Jalen being a first-round pick maybe. Yeah, and th- that's one thing I think, Trey, that's worth noting is the the combine is a whole lot more. like I think when you see it on TV – um, you, you, you see the, the, the 40-yard dash and the drills mainly, uh, but but there's a lot of other important athletic tests that, that they take, um, a lot of change of direction with the shuttle and three-cone. Three-cone's really underrated, I think. I think a lot of teams prioritize that. Um, and then they had the broad jump, the vertical, 
um they have different other other shuttle distances and they kind of split up the 40 with the with the the, the 10 yard split 20 yard split and then they do the bench press which is probably the least significant of all of these but um but yeah J- Jalen Rager he has a, I think a complete athletic like profile and I expect him to do really well you know th- this weekend I, Jeremy Clark for the TCU site has reported like he took like a diagnostic test kind of with his at, at his training facility he's training with Michael Johnson the Olympic sprinter he has a kind of a training facility in, in Dallas and like I think his just before he started training he ran uh, in, in the high four threes had a 40 plus inch vertical and had an 11 foot broad jump and an 11 foot broad jump really for for a receiver of his size is, is is pretty fantastic on its own and I would assume he improved that in training and you go back and kind of look at him in high school he was like a 441 guy uh, he had a 26 foot uh uh, broad jump or long jump, which was is really like I think one of the best. I think it might have been the best in the nation that year in high school. It's really not too far off from like what Marquise Goodwin did um, coming out, and he was like a kind of like a Olympic caliber jumper. Um, so so Rager is just highly athletic, and I expect you know I think Rugs might maybe get some of the headlines, and, and there's a lot of expectations around him, but um, you know like the they put out betting odds on this, and there actually was a. Uh, a line out there, um, you know, who would run a faster forty, Rugs or, or Rager? Um, and Rugs is a, a pretty heavy favorite in that. But I think that the fact that Rager's even getting thrown in the mix there is pretty high praise. You said you don't really care about the bench press, kind of taking a step back. Is that for every position or just wide receiver? And then, is there of all of these drills and tests, what what do you value the most? Yeah, I think the bench press is just like a lot of it. It becomes kind of a stamina contest a little bit when you get once you get up to like maybe the reps in, in the 20s I think it's I guess it's probably more important for linemen it just kind of shows you who spent time in the weight room you just I think the thing the thing with the bench press is you just don't want to be bad like and, and, and it definitely kind of does cater to players with shorter arms too like I think Stephen Paya who has the record is like 48 49 kind of was a short-armed interior like a defensive tackle whereas if you get a guy with, with 35 inch arms he's got a lot further to push it um so I just it, it's one of those deals where it's kind of like a box you want to check and just not be, uh, you know, lacking in that regard. And it just, it kind of just shows like if you've put time in the weight room. But I, I don't. It's not like I don't think teams are saying, oh well, this guy did twenty eight reps and this guy did twenty six. We're gonna take the guy with twenty eight. That's, that's not really how they look at it. It's just more of kind of a, a box you check. I think to me there there's certain. Uh, tests that probably correlate more for each position. I think anything with alignment, you're looking at the 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 change. I, if I had to pick one, I would probably pick the change of direction stuff, three cone and shuttle, um, edge rusher, uh, three cone for sure. That is one of the tightest uh, position correlation tests um, with offensive linemen, shuttle, defensive linemen. You know, shuttle maybe ten yard split, uh, and then I think with the um, you know like. With the forty, I think the forty is most important for the DBs. That's kind of what they they call it, like a stopwatch position. Um, typically, your your first round corners um, are all going to run, you know, at least sub five. I would say most of them are going to be like in the four 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 three range. So that's probably the one where if you're like really going to like hold a, a a player to their forty, it probably would be more so your your um your guys who are playing on the edge, like corners and receivers, but mainly corners. I would say. I can tell you're in your element over there. You're kind of working yourself up into a lather, talking yeah. shuttle and three <laughs> oh, yeah. cone. So oh, yeah. I have a quick, like the, the running back position, we thought it was going to be so loaded. Eh, you know, if you guys came back to school, DeAndre Swift of Georgia right now looks to be like per Daniel Jeremiah is RB one. 
you've got in your notes, you don't have Swift. You got Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Tager, uh, Taylor from Wisconsin, A.J. Dillon, Boston College. Like, which one of these guys do you want to highlight uh, in this podcast as a potential combine breakout? Yeah, I, I don't have Swift. I, I don't think Swift is is quite as um, he's definitely not as track fast as, as some of these other guys. Um, and I, I think going back and looking at Acres and Dobbins, they were two of the more athletic. Um, I think they maybe might have been one and two in, in their uh, recruiting class coming out in terms of like their their spark scores um, w- w- when they were testing at the opening. So I I think people are kind of sleeping on. You know Dobbins and and Jonathan Taylor athletically too. People, I think people forget like Jonathan Taylor. He ran a ten four in in high school. He was a state champion hundred meter guy. And I think people just think Wisconsin running back. They think he's like you know maybe like kind of a a, a workhorse you know power running back between the tackles type. But he I, he can really run. I think Jonathan Taylor's going to run in the four fours. And, and then AJ Dillon, AJ Dillon's one where he's like two hundred fifty pounds. And I would not be surprised if he, if he runs sub four five at, at, at that size. Also a track guy. Um, any of those four, I think you could kind of put them in a hat and, and, and pick out who's going to do really well. But I, I think they're all going to maybe surprise a little bit um, a- athletically. And I, shoot, I could throw in Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Like, he, I think he's going to do really, really well in the, in the short area burst stuff. So um, it's a pretty like deep group, I, I think, at running back. Although, even though you had like, like Travis Etienne and Chuba Hubbard um, come back to school. I uh, I think like maybe some guys that like like Cam Akers that maybe would be like a a day two day three type pick um will probably do well for themselves at the combine. Offensive line, you've got Tristan Wirfs. Kind of no surprise yeah. here. Iowa strength strength, and you've got the tr- the track stuff, shot put, yeah. discus, the wrestling. That's the stuff you guys look for in the rankings council. Is is the multi sport and and the track the, the verified track stuff too. Yeah, and Tristan Wirfs, if you go back and look at his high school testing numbers, they really weren't going to blow you away. Like, I, I don't think his shuttle was that good, so I'm interested to see how much he's improved there. But, like, Iowa, Iowa's strength program has really, in the recent years, had had guys that they've they've kind of transformed so, some players that have come out and really shown well at the combat. Like, I, if you go back and look at TJ Hawkinson, who was, I think, maybe a top-ten pick at tight end last year for the, for the Lions, TJ Hawkinson was not that not that impressive athletically as a high school prospect. And he, you know, was, I think, maybe the second most athletic tight end last year to Noah Fant, who also was from Iowa. So I think Iowa had the two most the two most athletic tight ends. And, I, and Werfs had all those bona fides coming in. Um, and, and then I, I think if, if just kind of reading reports on, on his, uh, work in the strength, in, in the strength program at Iowa, I, I kind of think he's, he's like just checking all of these offensive linemen, just kind of going back and, and looking at the, the invite list. He would be the one that I think, you know, I think he's going to probably vertical really well. I think he'll probably run well. I, I would say his vertical probably maybe like, like mid thirties for, for like a 315 pounder, which is going to be an outstanding mark. And he, he'll throw up a lot in the bench. Um, I think the most interesting thing to me is going to be his change of direction, but I do, he's the guy that I'm, I would have my eyeballs on to um, maybe impress the most out of the offensive linemen. We'll sort of rip through these defensive linemen. You got Penn State's Yatur Gross Matos. I uh, think he might run a four, six Oklahoma. You've got Neville Gallimore. Uh, uh, Charles, you're noting, you know, you think he might run uh, a sub five, uh, forty yard dash, which would which would be awesome. Like if he ran a four point nine six in in high school, like how? Yeah. Like, you think he got significantly quicker? 
I mean, he doesn't yeah, really have I, to, I, to be under the market. No, no, for sure, for sure. And and he was he was pretty heavy, like in high school too. Like it wasn't like he was like two fifty when he ran the four nine six um, at the opening finals. He's always been really athletic. I, he's had that reputation since he, since he got to Oklahoma. I think they were they were reporting. You know, the, the college stopwatches can be a little fast with these strength coaches. You can they can get a little bit of a of a trigger finger on, on the stopwatch. I, I think he was reported there to maybe be running like high four seven. So you kind of dial it back a little bit with, with an electronic time. Um, but I, anything under anything under sub five is is phenomenal. I, I think every year we see um, they they kind of put out the over under. Uh, lines for these big big linemen, and probably the one of the surest bets every year is take the over on a on a line on a big defensive lineman breaking four five like Dexter Lawrence. People are saying, oh, he's going to run, uh, you know, a four nine, or v- Vitavea is going to run a four nine. Almost never happens. Um, but Neville Gallimore is is uh, smaller than those guys, and he has. Like he he was running those times in high school, so I think he's gonna be one that's definitely gonna impress. This is really like his favored setting. He's kind of been a guy who um, was always kind of been like a lot of potential at Oklahoma, and he's shown flashes. Not really as consistent as you want, but he's gonna blow it up in in that setting. Of the few linebackers you have on your list, Clemson's Isaiah Simmons was somewhat of a darling of the college football season, given his versatility. You think I think a lot of people might think. He could be a darling of the NFL Combine, given the fact that he could perform so well in so many different things. Yeah, and, and yeah, it, it's like I almost felt bad putting Isaiah Simmons on here. It's like you know you've probably been under a rock if you don't like know Isaiah Simmons is good. If you've watched college football, like he's the guy outside of Chase Young that just just pops out on defense like every game you watch Clemson play. Um, but yeah, I, I think too like one thing noting with Isaiah Simmons is when you look at the when you look at past prospects who do really well at the combine they kind of fit that they they're like very long-limbed kind of filled out maybe like your 6-3 um you know 215 220 and in his case maybe like even like 230 types but they have um like kind of long legs which really kind of helps you with with the broad jump you don't really see too many short guys you know break 11-5 in the broad jump so i think he has like perfect dimensions and just like the, the, the well-rounded athleticism to uh to do really well here i think he'll probably run like a sub four five i think he'll jump really well he was like a long jumper in high school and his body kind of like blew up once he got to clemson too like he just kind of just became like a completely different player he's like a kind of a raw like receiver db type from kansas and he got there and just like i think he actually redshirted his first year and just got way better um in, in, in that redshirt year and so i i think he kind of has the makings and just, and just it was like watching him play too like he plays like he's like a one of the more athletic um you know guys in college football so so i i'm expecting big things from him a lot of defensive backs to discuss potentially let's let's choose one that you really want to uh, i'm going to let you take it from here um, yeah, but, I, 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 and don't don't go with Jeff Okuda because we already know about Jeff. Yeah, Okuda. no. So choose someone. No, else. That, that, that's that, that's that's kind of cheating. That's kind of the uh, I already uh, did that with Isaiah Simmons. Uh, I, I would say I would say I, I'm I'm looking forward to like maybe a guy who could like improve his stock. I would say like Troy Pride. Um, you know, for, for from Notre Dame, uh, he was there was a lot of like scratches at at, at the Senior Bowl, and, and he was really I think the top corner at the Senior Bowl. And you go back and like kind of check out, you know, like Troy Pride in high school. He was a state champion, hundred meter, two hundred meter um, guy to South Carolina, uh, and ran track at Notre Dame. So I think he's one that like 
if you're kind of looking for a corner who could like continue to jump up draft boards, you already checked the box with a great senior bowl showing. Um, and if he comes out and, and runs like in the four threes, I think that's going to really help him. And he can maybe be like a, like a, like a day two pick, um, you know, with a good combine. All right. Well, I'm excited for this. Uh, all the fun stuff really doesn't start until Thursday, but it's good to have you on and uh, we'll, we'll get you back on soon. Thanks, Charles. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. You can check out Charles's article on 247sports.com. You can also follow your favorite team's prospects all week as they compete in the NFL Scouting Combine. We're going to have great coverage from our team site level and national experts at 247sports.com as well. For now, that's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, well, go leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts for Charles Power, for Connor Tapp. For our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott, and we will see you on Tuesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.